Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Let Me Ruin Your Life with Serena Shahidi. I am your host, Serena Shahidi, and currently Serena is feeling very grateful that this is not an audio podcast because I do look absolutely insane right now. Um, I'm getting ready to later go over to my girlie's uh, new apartment. She just moved into a new place and we're going to drink Vuv and, you know, christen it. Housewarm it. Warm it up. Make it make it hot. Make it hot and sexy. Um, and she decided she wanted to theme the night Breakfast at Tiffany's, um, which beautiful movie. I honestly think it's a bit overrated as far as like old movies go. You know, a little bit racist. Nay, very racist. Stop Asian hate. Doesn't even have it has like one good look. Um, It's a really great look, but it is, you know, one one good look. Come on. Come on. Anyway, um, so I'm sitting here. First of all, I'm wearing a a scarf that Parade sent to me as a top. If you don't know what Parade is, it's if you follow like any um, influencers, especially if they're like annoying and live in New York City, then you've definitely seen Parade because they send uh, their underwear to just about everyone. Um, And their underwear is not exactly my style. You know, I'm more of a La Perla girl myself. But honestly, this scarf is a top, aside from the fact that I do look absolutely insane, is gorge and I'm I'm loving it. Um, and I also am letting my hair set. I'm trying to do like a flipped out, I call it the cartoon MILF hairstyle because like every cartoon MILF has like flipped up hair. Um, and the way I do it, this is my one like hair trick because I'm, I'm not good at that kind of stuff. But if you're going to curl your hair... So I curled it up and then you twist it like in the pattern that you just or the curl that you just made and you like clip it and you let it cool for a bit and then it sets it and you can spray with hairspray and everything. So I am sitting there here. I'm sitting here just looking very, you know, George Washington-esque if he became an Instagram influencer, which I kind of get that vibe. I kind of get that vibe. I didn't post a podcast last week because it was my spring break. It was my spring break. So much fun. No, it actually wasn't. I um, I didn't do anything over spring break, and I don't mean that in a positive way. I mean, like, I literally just – I did the stuff I usually do, just minus class. Uh, I neither managed to be more productive nor uh, relax more, so – that was fun. I honestly should have just posted a podcast episode. I don't know what was stopping me. I wasn't doing anything important whatsoever. Um, but here I am. I'm back. I went to class today and everything. I had two coffees. I'm now on my third. I know I sound like a millennial, but I promise I just like have ADD um, and could sleep forever. I don't know if there's something wrong with me. Maybe I need to start taking iron pills again. But I literally feel like I could do a my year of rest and relaxation with no pills. I think if I didn't set an alarm, I would never wake up. I genuinely believe that just based on how I've been feeling and 
you know, the patterns that my body has been exhibiting. Um, so have lots of caffeine in me and I'm ready to read some BuzzFeed quizzes, read, read quizzes, do quizzes. <sighs> I'm really beating the dead horse with that joke, aren't I? But it gets me so much attention. I should make another millennial video. I should. I feel like if I make enough, I'll be like on the cover of Forbes. Just meet the girl making fun of millennials on TikTok. Hey. So I don't really have an update for the past uh, two weeks, y'all. I don't know what to tell you. I have not been up to much. Um, haven't really been dating. Haven't really been, you know, living it up. I have been on my grind, to be honest. I have been... Um, just killing it working hard that's actually not very true uh I don't really work hard at all but I am hot and sexy and I have ridiculous luck and the universe loves me and everyone in it loves me and so I don't really need to work that hard you know I just kind of get things which is nice um also I'm trying to convince my boss to uh be on the podcast I don't know if he's gonna say yes but here's hoping and I also don't know what we would talk about maybe we'll teach the kids what an nft is oh my god should I teach you guys what an nft is should that be like the real life lesson of the day okay here's what an nft is and you might be thinking Serena I don't want to know anything about nfts it's a bunch of assholes mining cryptocurrency to buy nothing. Why would I want to know about that? I'm going to skip ahead. And to that I say, if I am burdened with this knowledge, then you should be standing in solidarity with me. If it wasn't for learning about the stupid shit rich white men do, we would have no history classes in America. So stay with me. Honestly, no matter how you feel about NFTs, they are interesting to learn about and just think about as a concept I think so nft stands for non-fungible token and non-fungi means that it's exclusive you know if you buy an nft it's the only one all the other girlies are going to be so jealous it's like couture for people too ugly for couture. So each NFT is a unique unit on the blockchain, which means that nerds can buy these tokens that represent digital media of some kind. It might be a picture or a piece of art or a tweet. A lot of people are NFTing their tweets, which, um, you know, I would do, but I don't know if I'm ready for the amount of sheer wealth that would come out of that. You know what I mean? Um, and they're a big deal with all the nerds and losers and uh, uggos because they're making lots of money. These rich guys who are, you know, sitting around listening to their own podcast interviews are like, I need something to do with my other hand that I'm not using. So they're buying these NFTs, these little digital pieces of art. But what's strange about it is that it doesn't like prevent that you know piece of art or whatever being on public domain you know just because you own a painting as an nft doesn't mean that people on the internet can't just save the image so the original artist still has all the copyright and reproduction rights but you know if you buy their art as an nft you can just sit around going hey that's cool that's nice that i did that 
Yay. So it's like owning a physical painting or work of art in that the original artist still owns the piece of art, but you have the physical painting, or in this case, the NFT, which is not tangible. That's all you get. Just an NFT, just you and your screen and your Soylent and your Adderall and your standing desk and your existential dread. Um, They're very controversial because crypto requires so much energy because it's just like, I don't know, these little computers sitting around that have to come up with these long chains of numbers to to mine crypto. And they're getting so huge. Girlies, you won't believe um, that some guy named Beeple sold an NFT of his artwork for $69 million. 69 mil! 69 milli. Isn't that absolutely crazy? Um, the craziest part, that piece of art is fugly. Fugly. I respect the dude's drive, Beeple, whatever his real name is. Uh, I know he, like, makes these crazy digital pieces of art and he makes and posts a different one every day. So I admire his drive. I admire, you know, the fact that he's been taking his Ritalin and doing his thing. But I I hate his art. I really do. I actively hate it. I can only imagine, I haven't looked into this yet, but I can only imagine that little old Banksy is selling his art as NFTs or, you know, someone is. Speaking of artists I hate, I mean, I don't, I don't hate the other guy, you know, who cares? Um, but boy, do I hate Banksy. Boy, do I hate Banksy. I, I tweeted this earlier this week or like a week ago, I don't know, um, that every message a piece of his art conveys has been better expressed in Facebook meme format. Like the fact that he does these things that are like, uh, being on your phone all the time is bad. Peace, not war. We should love people and, and children are good. Like, oh my God. And it's so like, you know, it's cartoonish. It's not something you can study. You know, you just look at it and you're like, yeah, dude, I get it. That's cool. I just hate that people are pretending like he's good. Like, I, you know, it's fine. I don't, who cares? But like, who are we kidding? Who are we kidding? Are we done with this little charade? Like, Banksy sucks. Let's all say it. Normalize it. Normalize saying that Banksy sucks. Although he is like faceless and worth so much. So Banksy, if you're listening and you're like hot and sexy in real life, then I take back all of that. I would never say something like that. And you know that. Come on. You know me. Banksy. Love you, babe. Um, so that was my NFT lesson. I hope you paid attention because, like, for surezies, a transcript of that will be in history books one day. And uh, I can't wait. I'm like an economist, but, like, hotter and sexier. Um, Speaking of which, the first question of the day, because no one asked what NFTs were, but I don't care. The girlies want to know what we're wearing this summer. What are we wearing this summer? Okay. Number one, I don't know if this is on 
trend um, and I don't particularly care. We will be appropriating tennis culture all summer 2021. I hope you guys are ready um, because I will be playing zero tennis and wearing all the tennis clothing. It's like how, you know, how Trisha Paytas wore a Domino's, I almost said costume. Oh my God. I have her same mindset. A Domino's employee uniform. And she was like, it's like merch. Honestly, we're just appreciating tennis. We're just Serena Williams fans. So bringing out the tennis skirts, bringing out the tennis dresses. Uh, I love their like little skirts and dresses because they're all skirts, but they're so short. It's perfect for a picnic because you always want to wear a dress on a picnic. You know, that's the vibe. But then it's windy. You're lying down. You don't want to flash anyone. I'm so excited for this. I'm so excited. Uh, golf dresses, too, are more than welcome. Hopefully no one listening to this plays golf. At the end of the day, the real sport of golf is just watching whichever guy you're dating play it and uh, sitting around in a short skirt. So that's my favorite sport, 100%. It's also like a throwback to, I don't know if you guys remember this era of fashion, probably like five years ago, maybe a little more, seven maybe, seven years ago, where Tennis Court by Lord was out. The girlies were wearing tennis skirts. Like it was just an appreciation for tennis culture all around. I'm pretty sure Ryan Finn was the one who popularized that trend or started that trend. Not sure. But that was the moment. And I believe that moment is coming back. I don't know if that's the popular belief, but I will be wearing tennis skirts nonetheless. I'm also, I feel like I'm going to have a little bit of a, a preppy summer, a preppy girl summer. So I'm feeling pearls. I'm feeling headbands. I'm feeling kitten heels. I'm feeling cardigans. Um, also feeling pretty 60s. Again, with the, the chunky headbands that are in right now, which I love. So I want to see some shift dresses, ladies. Also... I said that loud as hell. I just hurt my own hearing. Um, also, if you want to know what is actually going to be in trend, like what actual trend forecasters are predicting, lucky for you, I go to FIT and one of the few and far between positive things about going into FIT, not that honestly, FIT is not as bad as I make it seem. I just hate being in school um, and I feel like I it's kind of pointless at this point in my life. But anyway... One of the perks is that we get free access to like trend forecasting services, which are mad expensive for some reason. I don't know. So I don't know if you're like not. I don't know if it's a secret. So I doubt what's on there is like, you know, as big of a secret as they're pricing it as. But in case I'm not supposed to share, then the following trends came from uh, my uh aunt who told me about them and she's really smart so asymmetrical looks are in strap details cutouts um puff sleeves and just generally like strong shoulders padded shoulders bra tops 
as well. Going back to the like strap details, sweetheart necklines, high necks, uh, ruching, drawstrings, that kind of stuff, optical prints and like geometric non prints. Very in. And it's just about the thing about fashion right now is that everyone's expecting you know, sweatpants and, you know, leisurely, comfortable clothes to be what everyone's looking to wear, Um, which it was back when everyone was shut in their places and there were no vaccines. But now the people want hedonism. The people want to get back to it. They want to have the roaring 20s. So if you're shopping for the summer or for just, you know, generally wanting to stay on trend... Don't dress down, baby. That's not the move. We're wearing evening wear to Whole Foods all summer 2021. Um, and I'm I'm excited. Also, my addition to that list is uh, a drink in our hands at noon. I just think day... I was about to say day trading. Oh, my God. What's wrong with me? I actually need to like uh, what's that thing that they do when they like get a demon out of someone? I need to be like. Uh, uh, ex- exercised. I mean, the fact that it took me that long to think of it is probably an indicator that like there is a demon energy inside of me, as we all know, glam demon. Um, anyway, as I'm saying, day drinking. Let's go. I'm not encouraging alcoholism. For the record, I'm not saying you should drink more. I'm just saying you should go watch your boyfriend play golf and, you know, have a have a drink in your hand. And last but not least, I tweeted about this as well, because this is a passion of mine. This is such a passionate cause of mine. We need to this summer, this winter, every day of our lives. We need to be normalizing toupees. It makes me so upset, the stigma that toupees have, especially like we've normalized plastic surgery for women. We've normalized face fillers, hair extensions, waist trainers, face tune, makeup, lashes, blah, 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 blah. Which, you know, we won't get into all that, but... If women can do all of that, and it can be normal for women to do all of that, to, you know, primarily solve problems that aren't really problems, like having, I don't know, a certain body proportion, whatever. How is it still stigmatized for men to fix like the one thing that very commonly goes very wrong with their looks? And I'm not saying that balding isn't normal, you know. It's not something that I respect uh, when people participate in such an activity. But I'm not saying that balding is something to be ashamed of. However, I do think that it is something to hide. (laughs) Especially, I think it's anti-feminist to think otherwise. The fact that women can do all this to their bodies... But men don't have to do anything. You can't even slap on one little accessory. One little accessory. So the rest of us don't have to watch your hairline go. That's the part that makes me mad about balding men. Is they make the rest of us witness it. You know, if they were just born with that hairline, 
what are you going to do? We'll just see with that hairline. I don't want to have to watch it leave. You know, it's stressful for me. It upsets me. So honestly, if you're listening and you're a man and you encourage women to modify their bodies in a million different ways, but you let that hairline of yours be exposed to the world, loosey-goosey, honestly, you hate women. You hate women. And that's the truth of the situation. And I know everyone's like, oh, toupees, they look so ugly. No, they don't. They don't look uglier than a receding hairline. They might look ugly to you if you've only seen them in, like, sitcoms to make fun of that one guy who's wearing a toupee. But if wigs for women can look as good as they do, you know, with our technology, why are we acting like toupees are that ugly? Honestly, this guy I used to work with at my old internship, he wore a toupee, like, very temporarily. He was going through chemo. uh, And that toupee... He was serving. Like, it looked so good. I don't understand why everyone isn't adamantly pro-toupee. And naturally, if you can afford hair plugs, like, get hair plugs. Getting hair plugs is literally a gift to everyone who has to look at you, especially if you have, like, Elon Musk's doctor. He's so sexy with those hair plugs. I'm sorry. I don't support billionaires. But I'm also not a liar. That's not true. I'm not a liar. Elon Musk is sexy. Um, So toupees and hair plugs, those are the most important trends. At the end of the day, that's what matters. And that's what will truly fulfill all of us as people. Next question. Excuse me. Next question. I told my friend on FaceTime that I was going to be talking about this and he very much made fun of me and I don't blame him. This is not something that I would ever talk about or care about otherwise. But let me explain. Stay with me. Stay with me. Someone wants to know my thoughts on the James Charles situation. Now, hear me out. First of all, the only reason I know about the James Charles situation is, as I've discussed in previous episodes, I am addicted to the Frenemies podcast. I am so sorry. At this point, like telling me that Trisha Paytas is problematic is like telling a cigarette smoker that cigarettes kill you. I'm like, I know it's too late for me. It's too I can't stop. If I could, I would. Um. So I know about this latest James Charles scandal because they've talked all about it. And if you are not aware, because maybe you like have a job, you're attractive, you're smart. I don't know. Whatever makes you unaware of the latest James Charles scandal. uh, What happened was for the umpteenth time, he has been Snapchatting with underage boys. And he's had a lot of these scandals. And first of all, I just want to say James Charles could disappear tomorrow and I would not bat an eye I probably would not even notice but I want to talk about this because I think it's a really interesting I don't know if interesting is the word it's a timely you know trendy example of creepy men predatory behavior whatever you want to call it and James Charles has had a few of these scandals. I feel like I've seen this story pop up on Twitter a few times. That's just 
James Charles has been Snapchatting this 16-year-old boy. He says that the boy lied about his age and he didn't know he was below 18. Um, And, you know, under very, very specific circumstances that do not at all apply to the situation, sure, someone could, like, lie about their age and someone who isn't necessarily a creep could fall for it. Like, I'm not saying that that never happens, but... Due to a number of factors, most importantly, the fact that this has happened several times, I don't think that that's the case. So he was Snapchatting these little boys, like Snapchats of him, like with his shirt off. And like, first of all, he had those dumbass face filters on in all of them, which is absolutely humiliating for him. If it wasn't such a messed up situation, I would call that funny, but it literally if you are an adult who uses Snapchat face filters, like, I don't know what to say to you, nor would I speak to you. You know what? I, I'm not going to speak to you ever. Because why are you doing that? What, what is happening there? I don't really respect people who use filters in general, but that's a whole other rant. I think they're so fugly. Anyway, um, he had these little Snapchat filters on, and he was like, uh, send me pictures like let's be I don't know sexy he, something about like armpits and body hair I don't know um, to these little boys who he I guess met on TikTok and decided to DM or find their Snapchat or something first of all if you meet someone on TikTok you gotta do an age check you know it's not like you're at the club and you see someone and like maybe they got in with a fake like that's totally possible that they're like 17 and they have a club promoter that's really good like it's it's tiktok there is a good chance that that's a child and you should check that out and his argument which is something i can't stand his you know quote unquote apology um just completely used like a is it called a? St- I think I'm referring to like a straw man argument. I don't know. I took I took English in high school. I graduated. Um, when you basically you attack an argument that doesn't exist, it's just like a weak version of the argument that people are actually presenting you with. It's like, have you ever been arguing with a man, and he says something, and you rephrase it in a different way to kind kind of trap him. But then he agrees with that. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, let me think. Let me think. Once I was arguing uh, with an ex who basically just like generally didn't trust me uh, with not necessarily like a jealous thing. He just didn't really trust me with anything, which he shouldn't have. Like I was 19. And we were arguing about that. And I was like, oh, you don't trust me because of who I am as a person thinking that I like got him and he was just kind of like yeah and uh yeah that was about it uh fair enough fair enough man anyway he's using this argument that's like I'm so sorry that I didn't do a complete background check on every man I've ever spoken to and that was my mistake and it's like dude no one is saying that that was your mistake and you know that. It's so strategic. It's so strategic. No one is saying that that's the mistake he's making. That is not at all 
what you're getting in trouble for. That's your dumb interpretation of it because people's legitimate concerns got filtered through the empty space where your brain is supposed to be, where instead you have a bunch of, I don't know, bed bugs floating around in Windex. And now you're arguing against that as if that is at all relevant. Crystalia, if you don't know about my hatred of Crystalia, oof, ooh, I have a death note hatred of that man. And when he apologized for being a goddamn creep for years, his response was like, I now realize that there's an unfair power dynamic between me and someone who just watched my stand up. So I just need to be aware of that power dynamic and also like not, I don't know, he was saying he was like a sex addict and he cheated on people. Who cares, dude? And sure, obviously there's something to be said with the unfair power dynamics that happen as a result of like fame, money, privilege, power, et cetera, et cetera. But Crystalia, that was not the issue at hand. Sure, there was an unfair power dynamic because they admired you. It was also because they were 17. Like, oh my God, the way he manipulated. I, okay. Back to James Charles. Um, so here, here's the quote from him. Here's the quote. In the excitement of meeting someone I thought could be potentially great, I didn't ask for a copy of his ID or passport. It's now clear, based on the video he uploaded, he was taking photos of me with another device and had an ulterior motive from the beginning. Okay, whatever. Um, first of all, in the excitement of meeting someone I thought could potentially be great, a 16-year-old? Le- okay, even if you thought he was 18, James Charles is what, my age? He's like 21, 22? Even if I was, God forbid, attracted to 18-year-olds, disgusting. Let me do like the sign of the cross and knock on wood. Um, If I was attracted to 18-year-olds, I can't even say it. Um, Like you did not think that it was going to blossom into some beautiful relationship. Like they're a teenager, Unless your ideal relationship is playing Fortnite and drinking bang energy and getting spooned on a twin-size bed, I don't know what exactly the great thing you were looking for was supposed to be. And if that was your expectation, Snapchat, girl? Snapchat? Is that where all healthy, stable relationships begin? That's that's an interesting choice. Um, It's... Full offense. Snapchat is for 15-year-olds and the pedophiles who want to have sex with them. That is the truth. And that's... I could go on, but I, my throat is starting to hurt. So essentially my thoughts on it are he has exhibited a pattern of predatory behavior. I think it's very important to note that people are observing that And the fact that he's using Snapchat to get to know someone who's very young, people who he met on TikTok, and he, in typical predator fashion, is saying, oh, I'm so sorry. I'll make sure to get, like, the birth certificate of every man I ever have a conversation with, as if that's what people are saying at all. You don't need 
to do all that. We're asking you to stop treating the For You page of an app that's very populated by teenagers as if it's closing time at Laban. Is that too much to ask? I'm so sorry, James. It truly says it all when someone is being accused of something and they defend themselves for something barely related. It's like the joke that's like, you know, you tell your boyfriend like, oh, I saw you out at that restaurant with that girl. You ordered a Coke. And he goes, I didn't even order a Coke. Like that's James Charles. And that's any guilty person. And fuck James Charles. Okay. Last question, because I don't want to lose my voice. And also, I have to go to my friend's place early because I have a meeting at 630 that I'll probably show up to in like a cocktail dress uh, holding a glass of champagne. Anyway, uh, somebody wants to know how the pandemic changed me. And I love this question because it's I don't know, it feels so easy, but also so hard to answer because my life is truly flipped upside down in the past year. Um, And it's really crazy to think about. So before the pandemic, pre-panny, I had just dropped out of fashion design. As many of you know, I go to FIT for fashion business for now. Ugh, no promises for the future. Um, And I transferred from fashion design, which is a major at FIT, but it is like fashion design and fashion business are basically two separate schools at FIT. Like it is kind of a huge deal if you switch from one to the other. So I did decide to make the leap to fashion business. Um, What else? Spring last year, I had just stopped dating like some investment banker. that I had been seeing for a while and actually for a while after that up until like the start of the pandemic and I remember that because I remember ordering in food with him because he didn't want to go to a restaurant but I did date a banker from the same bank um which it is a pretty big bank you know I'm not guaranteeing that they knew each other but knowing my life knowing how things go around me Uh, I honestly would be surprised if they did not know each other because that's just my life. So I was living in that notorious, and by notorious, I just mean like I've talked about it a lot. I don't know if people actually care about it. The nine-bedroom apartment in Tribeca, the illegal one. I was living in a windowless room that was maybe, maybe 50 square feet. Um, It was basically just... A bed, a twin size bed, mind you, James Charles, don't get too excited. Um, And like a very tiny vanity slash desk. And that was an upgrade, mind you, because the bedroom that I had lived in before that, which was in the same apartment, was literally just like a twin bed and somewhere to step. Like there wasn't even room beside the bed. I had to like scooch to the end of it to get up. That's how tiny that one was. Maybe 40 square feet. Like an absolutely absurdly small place. Um, New York City, baby. It's honestly hard to understand how claustrophobic New York City is until you move here. Like that's the thing about New York is it's so everything's so tiny 
and claustrophobic and you're never really like alone like you kind of always even if you don't have roommates which if you're moving here in your 20s you're likely going to have roommates but even if you don't like you're in this really tiny space in this building that probably has a bunch of other people in it like it's just so I don't know it's so claustrophobic as I've said several times in the past minute um I was also unemployed I had a waitressing job before the pandemic and I had also quit my uh internship that I had in the garment district a bit before that so I was not doing much besides school very exciting to be employed now very exciting to you know have money have things to do have a meeting in 45 minutes that I uh, should probably hurry up for and I have a, a bedroom that I can walk around in which is a flex for me for my uh my past self so yeah things have really changed for me I started TikTok a year ago I grew like really really fast actually which it was hard for me to realize that because it was so I don't know we were so locked down that I just was not seeing other people and I could not conceptualize the fact that there were so many people following me um whereas now you know I'm like walking around the city and getting recognized even with the mask on which is crazy and like I'm you know I'm I'm still uh depressed as always um but as for like how I feel about my life if you take my mental health or lack thereof out of it I am enjoying it so much more now things just feel very past fast paced which they are even though I'm not you know the party girl I was like a year year and a half ago I'm not going out every night. I'm not really meeting new people or doing anything insane or having a rotation of like five boyfriends, two of which work at the same bank. You know, it's not like that. But as far as just my career trajectory and the things I'm working on and the things that I'm able to do and the opportunities I'm getting, some deserved, some, you know, (laughs) As I said, everyone loves me and the universe loves me. What can I say? Things are just moving so fast and it's it's so exciting. And as excited as I am to go back to my previous debauchery and live my fully vaccinated Roaring Twenties dream, I want to go to Vegas. I want to spit champagne into everyone's mouths. I'm so excited. Um, but I am just very glad that my life is moving in ways and being exciting and stimulating in ways that aren't necessarily what I'm wearing or where I'm going out or what banker I'm dating, you know. I'm doing my own thing, and I think that's been the biggest thing that's changed in my life uh, since the pandemic is that I definitely was, and still am in many ways, someone who is defined by the external circumstances of their life and the lifestyle they're living and their aesthetic and all that. And I mean, I'm not going to lie and say that I don't enjoy that and it didn't get me where I am today, but I feel like it kind of forced me literally to have more of an internal life and uh, be okay with being alone and being with my own thoughts God forbid, I've been, ugh, I've been meditating. Isn't that so sick and twisted? I feel a greater sense of self now. 
I feel like uh, Serena is truly becoming somewhat of a three-dimensional person, you know. I'm more of like a few cardboard cutouts taped together, but that's close enough for me. Anyway, um, I told you guys I would start updating you with a book recommendation slash not really a recommendation because it's just what I'm reading this week. So no promises if it's going to be good or not. Um, This week, I am about halfway through with Severance by Ling Ma. There's been a a lot of hype around it recently because it was like a pandemic-themed dystopian novel that came out in 2018. So it was, you know, kind of a what was that movie? Contagion situation. But it's about this first generation immigrant who moves to New York City to work in publishing. And then this virus, this fever breaks out. And it's kind of like a post-apocalyptic. It's described as a science fiction book. Um, I went into it completely blind, so I probably would not have read it if I had known that it was described like that. But it's not a science fiction-y, so... I've been enjoying that. Uh, That's my weekly book, weekly book time, possible title. I don't know, guys. That's That's a pretty good one. Anyway, I have to go. But thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. As always, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok at GlamDemon2004. And you can find the podcast Instagram at LetMeRuinYourLifePod and DM for questions or topic requests or stories, etc. Bye!